Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Katie and I are going to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts, not just in the moment, but also this has been a common theme in our life. And if anything, we are more committed than ever to making this this topic, what we're talking about, a reality in our home. And so we're excited to talk about it and to share some maybe new insights into the subject matter. But before we do, I was wondering if any of you folks, if any of you enjoy this podcast, would you be so kind as to take the time to go to iTunes and leave a rating or a review? That act not only means so much to Katie and I, because we're able to be encouraged by the kind things you say or leaving a five-star rating, which we are really grateful for. All. Uh, first off, yeah, I feel like I feel bad asking without even saying thank you to all the people that have recently left just such kind ratings and reviews. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go back to asking. If you haven't left a rating <laughs> or a review, we would love it if you if you did that because we love them, but it also it helps our podcast reach more people. Somehow just, you know, iTunes favors the podcast that have more ratings and reviews. And so, yeah, basically you guys have single-handedly grown our podcast. So thank you very much. (laughs) It's been really encouraging and fun to run into you guys, different places. And we're just shocked at the reach that the, now that we're a family podcast has had. And I, we owe it to, I mean, the Lord's blessing and you guys, because you're the ones who share it. So thank you so, so, so much. We're just so grateful to have this opportunity and to be connected with so many like-minded families all over the world. So thank you guys. Yes. Thank you. So with that, let's go ahead and get this episode underway. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay. So we're a little stressed out right now. Uh, oh, I didn't close the garage door. Do you want me to close the I garage door? I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not the stress. It's actually kind of nice. So we have our garage door pulled up and we could see out to our street and anyone who drives by is going to think we look like crazy people <laughs> just sitting in here in our set with all our lights and cameras or narcissist. I don't know which one. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit are. of both. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, um, uh, what we're a little worried about though, is we're trying our old audio, you know, it, it bit the dust last week. And so we're trying something new and this little, tool on the ground is like this ufo except for it's not flying yeah i mean it might start flying here in a little <laughs> bit but it has brought a little bit of anxiety into my life she's doing a great job I, we haven't used this device yet before and so i don't know necessarily what the signs are of it working and not working I, anybody that's listened to this podcast for any amount of time knows i'm not a technical person at all i'm far from it um and, and Katie's more technical than I am, but it's not necessarily your strong suit either. No, we definitely very, not. We, we do not. We, we love when technology works for us, but we do not love technology, I would say. Um, and so anyways, we will try to get over the stress and the anxiety and just assume that everything's working properly so that we can get so that we can, you know, give this episode our best. Yeah, I'm really excited about the topic of this episode. Elisha came home with this new vision. He was just gone for five days, mm. and we missed him so much. It was it was kind of crazy. Yeah, I missed you guys so I much. I know that a lot of you, I mean, I'm a big baby because a lot of you have your husbands gone for five days like consistently, or maybe they're gone for two weeks at a time or something like or, that. Yeah, or deployed, you know. Oh, for, yeah, I like, can't even imagine that. I cannot service. even yeah. imagine that. Uh, so anyways, I have mad respect for you, but it, it was a total change for our family. We did have the car. So Elisha left the car and we only have one car. So 
I usually just don't use the car. Like I rarely <laughs> leave my house, which is fine by me. Uh, and that's just a choice because frankly, I don't want another car. And so I'm happy with the one, but we did all these things. We just drove all over the place and like went to museums and spent too much money because I was out shopping and I was like, man, this is why I don't need a car. Well, I spend less money when I'm home. It made me feel good that you were making an effort to get out and do stuff like that because it was crazy hot here as well. It was over a hundred degrees, yeah. I think every day that I was gone. Uh, and so outside activities were not really high on the like on the, on the priority list on the agenda, yeah. it wasn't going to serve you very well. So I was grateful that you made an effort to go to places to get inside. Yeah, it's fun. Anyways. Yeah. Usually we have, we have friends come here and we, we walk a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let, you want to, you want to start? Sure. I guess we'll just jump in to this. Yeah. We'll just jump in. Basically. I don't, I don't have like a one sentence. We'll have to come up with like a one sentence. Um, yeah, like it's like a statement, you know, that the uh, what do you call it, the thesis statement um, for this or synopsis or syn I don't know for this subject because it's more of just like a concept that I have to talk myself through all the time. But basically, as I've grown and I've I hopefully have grown, and I've gotten older, I've realized how abundant the opportunities are for for young people. And by young people, I, I would say, you know, your mid 20s till maybe your early forties, kind of like in that range, maybe your twenties and thirties. And it's not that there's no opportunities, you know, on either end of those things, but it does seem like the opportunities are abundant and they are like in your face when you're in this season of life. And the reason it's stood out to me is because I have been a lot more proactive in seeking out business coaching. Um, I was just at a, at a business conference. That's where I got back from. Um, I go to quarterly business, like coaching workshops and, um, you know, Katie and I love running businesses and building businesses, but it's bizarre to me, the type of language that's around the growth of your business and how people really feel like you have to pour your youth into your said career, you know, in the context that I'm in, it's always your business. But then when I start looking around, I'm like, well, this is just kind of par for whatever career people have chosen. Um, if it's, you know, if you want to advance your career in, in the corporate world, you got to climb the ladder in your thirties. You really have to make an effort to put in the extra time, put in the extra work. Um, a lot of people are going to, to grad school, um, in that season of their life, or they're going back to school. And we should probably preface this by saying none of these things are wrong. Like these are all good things. Katie and I really applaud people that make an effort to provide well for their family. But I've realized the temptation and the clear to me, a clear danger that is in your late twenties and thirties. And that is disproportionately putting your time into the advancement of your career or for Katie and I, the danger would be, I actually should speak specifically of myself. The danger for me would be to put my time and my energy and my youth into my business and growing my business. And I've just started asking myself the question, how do I want to spend my youth? You know, the Bible talks about the glory of a young man being his strength. And I think it says, what is it? The beauty of, um, the beauty of an old man is his gray hair or something like that. I think that's in Proverbs. And, um, I think about that. Okay. The glory of me right now in my youth is my strength. Like that's what I have to offer. Or you could say maybe you're my energy or my zeal or my ambition. And it's going to be spent on something. And the world is doing a really great job at trying to persuade me in how I should spend my ambition and my youth. And it's usually quite contrary 
to what I feel the word of the Lord and to what God has told me I should spend my ambition and my youth. And again, this isn't just for when you're in your youth, but I feel like it's heightened while you're in this season of, of 25 to, to 40. It's like, that's when so many people make the big moves in their career. Th- those are like the big uh, advancements, you know? And in fact, Katie, you're just so quiet over here. Well, but I'm going to say one more thing. You seemed, yeah, you're doing, I like what in you're fact, saying. <laughs> one of the business coaches that I was sitting, I was sitting in his room and he actually said, um, you, he said, and I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember exactly how he said it. But he says, I, I, you can never really tell how successful people are until they're in their 40s, because that's really when you start to see the fruit of all the work they've put in. And he was speaking in the context of business. He goes, that's really when you start to see the fruit of any, of any type of work that they've put in in their 20s and 30s. You'll see it in their 40s. You'll see the fruit. You'll see the ramifications of it. And I thought, well, boy, that's, I feel like, the truth with family, with marriage, with with parenting, like if you've, assuming you you have your children in your later 20s or early 30s, it's like you'll really start to see the fruit of your parenting when you're in your 40s. And so to me, it really made me stop and say, well, what type of fruit in my 40s do I want to be seeing? Do I want to have the the huge you know portfolio of that's more mostly about money and you know business accolades? Or do I want to have a rich, deep relationship with my children and confidently say that I discipled them in the Lord and I brought them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and I'm starting to see that fruit in their lives as they become teenagers and then eventually young adults? Because I really do believe that statement that he said because he's seen it for, you know, he, this guy's been coaching for nearly 50, yeah, 40, in his 40 years of business guys. And he's saying, you don't really know what people have done or how much quality and how much value they've added to the marketplace until they're in their 40s. It's really when you start to see it come to fruition. I was thinking, boy, what type of fruit am I going to see in my 40s? And what type of fruit do I want to see in my 40s? Yeah, and I love how you really wrapped that around, Elisha, because the danger is not success in business. The danger is not success in a career. The danger is the success at the cost of something else. And so it's not like we have to pick either or necessarily, but it's so easy to get confused because when we say, you know, oh my goodness, I just have so many things I want to say, but I, I want to go back to real quick before I dive into this, I want to go back to what you were saying with there's, there's so many opportunities in your thirties, because when I was thinking about that, I was thinking, you know what? I think what it really is, honestly, because we're in that stage right now, it's your first taste of opportunity. Hmm. Like you're seeing this buildup of, you know, you put in all this effort through high school, maybe college, and then your twenties, you're gathering all this experience, life experience. And then in your 30s, opportunities start to come. You have some experience. You have some wisdom to share at that point. And people start wanting to, uh, you have value to add to the marketplace. Yes. And so I think it's almost like your first taste of that. And it can be really intoxicating and it can give us this scarcity mindset because we know that these opportunities weren't here before. And so we're scared that they aren't going to be there later. Mm. And so we feel like we have to capitalize 
capitalize on them right now because they're going away. And some of that may be true, but when I look at my dad, when I look at your father, when I look at um, a lot of successful men and women that I know, the opportunities actually just keep getting richer. The more experience they've gained, the more they've networked, the more that they've built up this portfolio of work. And it's almost like if we have this abundant mindset and we're like, you know what, that can be there in the next decade for me. I'm going to just like continue being faithful, continue, uh, but not jumping on opportunities at the expense of our families during Mm. these years. Like our children don't demand our attention as much when they're younger. And so it's easier for us to say, or I mean, we don't see the ramifications of our lack of parenting, I guess, when they're younger. It's kind of like they love us unconditionally no matter what in those years. Yes, yeah, so you're not starting to see their their character really formed yeah. and their, their convictions and all those or things. Or like the barriers between like a parent-child relationship or the lack of communication or the way they're shutting us out or we just don't mm. have their hearts. We don't see that till later. And we've talked to that, about that a lot on this podcast. So it's really easy to feel like our children, we have a lifetime with our child. You know, if we don't give them these three years, we don't give them these four years and prioritize them, we can like do that later. And right now, this opportunity is only here right now. Hmm. And I think if we almost flopped that mindset and thought, you know what, like if I'm continuing to learn and grow and take um, control of what I have control of right now and really maximize opportunities I've been given that don't uh, cut away at my family um, or take from that, then there will be even bigger and better opportunities down the road from a career standpoint and I can be okay. My children are only these ages right now in this season. That's right. And I a hundred percent agree with everything you said, Katie, babe. I think that the there's no shortage of opportunity. And I think that was a really good insight. Uh, and I, and I think I'll mend my statement. It's not that you have the most opportunity. This is what you said, the most opportunity in your thirties, it's when you're kind of experiencing it a lot of times for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so you think I need to strike while the iron's hot. And that's really because you've started to put some of your, you know, your experience and your skill sets are starting to become a lot more marketable and noticeable to the outside world. Um, and, and I'm with you. I, I do like thinking about the potential of what could, what could happen in my fifties and sixties later on, maybe in business or in things that might be a little bit more, for lack of a better term, just maybe almost like self-seeking, you know, like it might, like what my ambition might get the best of me and have me do now. It's like, wait a second. No, I know deep down I want what's best for my family first and foremost, but it is kind of nice. I'm with you saying like, well, but you know what? Later on, I could, life is long sometimes, you know, and there's plenty of opportunities. And so I'm with you on that. But even if that isn't the case, it's like, I just, you know, there's Proverbs, I'll read this, Proverbs thirteen seven. there is a man that maketh himself rich, yet hath mm-hmm. nothing. There is a man that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. And I don't even like, with the hypothetical, when I'm thinking this through, just to, to tell myself, oh, well, you know, maybe later on I can become a, a millionaire, or maybe later on I can become famous or maybe later on I can go do all these things that are really appealing right now. Well, I show some pretty big goals. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not, you know, maybe those things will happen. Maybe they're not. All I know is that I would be a poor man and Mm. like just to me in the most pure sense of the word, I would be a poor man if I did not invest wisely right now into the relationship with my children, into my own faith, into my marriage. Like, I just think I would be 
utterly bankrupt and broke and poor if in my 40s and 50s I start seeing that I neglected those things and I'm playing from behind, trying to make something happen um, that wasn't happening before. So that's really, I think, the the takeaway sentiment that I have when I come away from these Mm -hmm. business trainings as grateful as I am to have a business that provides well for our family. And I want, and I think that's a huge piece of being the leader of a home is being the provider. But it's like once that's taken care of and the opportunities are in addition to that, I just have to check myself so much and say, wait a second. Like I so want the best, my best years, the best of me to be and by the best being like the most, I've got the most energy. I've got the most, you know, like ambition and zeal. I want that to be poured into my home right now. Yeah. And I think that this was, this is really a clear picture for us who are coming behind the, because when you get in a room with a lot of high earners, the majority of the time their families are broken hmm. and maybe that's their marriages. You know, maybe they're, they just haven't been able to sustain a healthy marriage or relationship that way, or they just don't know where they went wrong with their kids and they have no relationship with them as adults. And it's just heartbreaking because I think you, like, I feel like we've had the privilege to be able to see these people very young and to realize that that is not what we want. Yes. But it's not, go ahead. I cut you off. What? (laughs) It's not what we want, but I do think, it's the most, it's the most likely path. Yeah. Yeah. If you just do the path of least resistance and you have to be so careful who you're listening to because, uh, you know, Proverbs, I've just been reading Proverbs with the kids every day and it is just gold. It is gold. If you like, I'd like, if you want one thing, you know, if you can get anything, get wisdom, get understanding, right? Mm -hmm. It says that. And then just that book of wisdom, God's wisdom is just so powerful for just instilling in our children and ourselves. But I think that, what was I going to say? I was talking about, man, it was good until I looked at my notes and then I blacked out. See, that's why I don't have notes. (laughs) Still throw me off like that. <laughs> that is so funny. I literally have no clue what I was saying and I really wanted to say it. So anyways, we can come back to it. Yeah. And, and I want to just reiterate, I admire people that work heartily as unto the Lord and seek excellence in their profession um, to provide well, for their family. that's not what we're talking about. And that's about. not what we're talking about. Like, I, I really don't think it would be godly or good for my family or good for our home life if I neglected the bills and, you know, decided to only work you know, 10 hours a week, you know, and not make enough money to pay for our, pay for the basic needs of our home. Mm-hmm. That would not be the right thing to do. And, and me say, well, I just want to spend as much time with my family as I can. I do think it is of, of great necessity as a spiritual leader of your home to provide for your family. Um, but it's crazy as I started thinking about what this man said about the, the really the fruit of all your labor coming to fruition in your forties. And I was like, that is so, so the case. And I just started thinking about different professions. And I think this is so poignant to me right now because well, obviously the age that I'm at. And so I feel the, I feel the pull so strongly right now. And then I also see it in so many of my peers, when you look at how they're spending their time. And these are people that maybe I really am pumped about, or some people where you stand back, you're thinking, boy, is that the you know right decision to make? You know how it is when you're analyzing your friends and people that you grew up with, you know, you stand back in, in your judgment seat, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and question their decisions. Um, but in all seriousness, it, what it really makes me do is question my 
my own decisions and wonder what's motivating me to make the decisions that I'm making. Is it that worldly ambition that makes makes me rich in the world's eyes yet makes me so abundantly poor when it comes to the things that are of true value to God and and ultimately deep down to me? Um, or am I truly being motivated and inspired in my decisions by God's word and by what's best for my faith, my marriage and my children. Cause that's, what's crazy. Katie, you talked about these guys that have achieved a lot in business and are making a lot of money. Every single one of them literally says, I value marriage so much. I value children and parenting so much. I, you know, they'll even some of these people that have a Christian faith, they'll be like, that's so important to me. My faith is so important to me. And then you stand back and you go, well, boy, you say that, but then from what you're saying, like that's not at all where your time has gone. Well, I thought that this was interesting because we've talked about this a lot in work. Sometimes when you talk about an idea, it gives you the feeling that you've done the work. Mm. And so you feel accomplished and then you feel like you can go on with the next thing. And so that's why sometimes you'll run into these people and we've definitely been this way before. We, they talk and talk and talk and talk, but nothing ever happens because the talking about it gives you this this feeling that you're doing it. And I think that that happens with parenting. We feel like if we say, yeah, children are, you know, your family's the number one priority. Like the family's the number one priority. It's so rare to find someone that says that even from a, that that doesn't say that even if they aren't a Bible believing Christian, they'll say, Oh yeah, you know, take care of your, take care of your kids, take care of your wife. But almost by saying that, I think it can be this false belief in oh or this false security and like yeah because i say i value that i must value that yeah and it must come out and it must happen in my behavior yeah and just because we know something does not mean that that comes out in our behavior or that is how we act Mm. okay so i remembered what i was going to say let's hear it um and that is just proverbs talks a lot about the friends who we surround ourselves with and i think we have to be really careful if we're surrounding ourselves with people who are successful in a certain area of life but are not uh followers of christ Mm -hmm. this is specifically for christians because it's very easy to start having our minds swayed to like our, the Bible is our foundation for every area of life. So we might think, oh, we're following their advice in business, but even their business advice is still attached to a faulty foundation mm. when it comes to what to prioritize or when to push or when to sacrifice or what to sacrifice. Mm. And oftentimes it's not said sacrifice your family for you know worldly success, but that is what happens. Yes. And, um, because when you take all these steps and you do these pushes and you make the right business plays and you leverage yourself and you take these risks, it can bring this stress and pressure and um, this need to be all consumed yes. because so much is at stake, you know? Yes. And often big risk has big reward sure. in business and stuff, but it's it's funny how we've talked about, I just, we're in such a more comfortable, easygoing place when we aren't, taking these big risks oh, yeah. or trying to hit these big deadlines or stressing ourselves out that yes. way, you know? Yes, absolutely. And like you said, I feel like if anything, we are like prime candidates to be those people that say how much you value family and then don't act accordingly because that's literally like what we do. 
with part of our platform as we talk about how awesome family is. And there's, yeah, there's genuinely <laughs> been seasons where close friends and close family members have had to tell us that, you know, they're saying really? like, Hey, well, yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about this before. Not that we, that, that we're living contrary, but we're different aspects of our, of our, maybe our, our, uh, home life is not aligned with our messaging. And it's yeah, so Yeah, that's good. true. Actually, with me, I had my sister call me out. I've talked about this before. When I was um, putting a ton of time, I was listening to a lot of female entrepreneurs. And again, this was like a prime example of what I was just talking about, how they didn't have the same value system I had for family. And so I found myself taking their advice and it was great business advice, but it was really usurping the the love and the devotion and the creative energy that I wanted to have pouring towards my children. Hmm. And I had a sister who, and her great love for me reached out, wrote a very hard email. And I was like, Katie, I don't see your values lining up with your actions. Hmm. And it was really hard to take, but it completely changed the track change the trajectory of what we were doing. And it's been an incredible blessing. And I have found so much fulfillment in mothering ever since that hard conversation. So, I mean, if, if you see, I would just encourage you as a believer, if you see something in someone else's life, even if you're going to risk their temporary, you know, displeasure hmm. to reach out and love. And yeah, I mean, that's, I it, feel it like encouraging to me. that's a whole other topic right there is how easy it is and how almost satisfying it is to like criticize. Oh, do, you, do we need to pause? Right, the coughs have subsided. Katie got her kombucha I put water to remedy. in a oh, kombucha bottle. You got it, got it. Um, yeah, you, I feel like you always have to clarify when it's a weird looking bottle like that because it could just as easily be some moonshine. That we, just you know, make it in the backyard. Yeah, and bring, but this is, uh, this is, yeah, it's a kombucha bottle with water in it. Pure okay, water. Pure water. Um, you know what's interesting, Katie? And, and again, I don't want to just talk this agnosium and beat a dead horse. But I, I was struck so much more with that proverb today when I read it, when it says, there is a man that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. Then there is a man that maketh himself poor, but hath great riches. And I feel like right now for the first, it, it, and seasons of life are different for everybody because there was a strong, I'd say the first seven or eight years, or sorry, seven or eight years, the first five or six years of our marriage, first four or five years of our like, marriage. like, how long have we been married? Is yeah, I'm just going to start throwing, I'm just going to keep <laughs> saying years. I'd say the first four or five years of marriage, the emphasis was really just providing, getting getting enough money to, to pay the bills. And by God's grace, we are able to pay the bills right now in what we would consider a relatively like comfortable way. You know what I mean? Like we are able to make more than what our monthly expenses are. And so that's like a very privileged place to be. And so I'm grateful. And it's crazy how the opportunities now truly seem like, okay, am I going, are we going to seek making ourselves rich or are we going to intentionally say no and miss out on riches. In other words, like maybe not making ourselves poor, but miss genuinely saying no to riches for the sake of being rich in the things that matter the most to us. And and I think that as of late, and that might not always be the case in our life, but as of late, it's felt like, boy, the opportunities are so above and beyond what we need materially. And they take so, they take so much away from our family. They take so much of my time and of my energy and of my thought life. And so I just, I truly want to put my, my time where my mouth is when it comes to what I value. And 
I don't know. I just, I, I'm, gen- I'm genuinely sobered up right now in this very moment. Like over this last week, I am sobered up about how the next few years of my life are going to be spent just because I do not want to go with the flow of opportunity and of seeking more money and more growth in, in areas. Not that those, I don't think any of those things are bad. You know, we want to see growth. We want to be able to earn our grow our earning capacity, but I just, I'm so scared. I guess when I look at people that are in their forties and their fifties, that maybe don't have the family life that I would like, or that don't have the marriage that I would like, or relationship with their children that I would like. And I'm like, boy, I like, they didn't want, they didn't want that, you know, when they were my age, they weren't sitting there at 31 being like, okay, I hope my marriage is on the rocks when I'm in my late forties, or I hope my kids don't really talk to me when they're in high school or young adults. Or yeah. And they're even walking with the Lord. Lord. It's like, they weren't sitting there saying that. And it's like, they, they probably had the same desires that I have right now. And yet somehow they, they just got a totally different results than what they wanted. And that just, it really just sobers me up. It's like, you've got this one, you've got this, this window with your kids when they're at home and you are the role, like the primary influence in their life. You've got so such an opportunity to spend time with them, to grow relationship, to have memories, to have shared experiences with them, and to train them and to disciple them, to you know, to just to saturate them in God's word. And and that season will end. It's like it's just going to come to an end. And it's really easy to put our hope or our faith and feel like we've done our job when we've got them well situated with good surroundings, maybe like, okay, well, they have a good friend group here, so that's good. Or like we go to a really good church and there's lots of good kids at our church yeah. or you they're, know, good, they're going a to a good school, school yeah. or we have yeah a good homeschool co-op or whatever. It's And I think I saw that over and over growing up where parents just felt like, you know, my friend's parents, it's like, oh, like they felt like they had it made, you know, mm. like we've, we've got this taken care of over here so we can kind of move on. And I don't think we can ever move on. It wow. just always has to stay a priority. And I, I like how you kept bringing up your time because I think that quote, you know, you could tell what you care about by where you spend your time and your money. Mm-hmm. And I think it's specifically with children where you spend your time because I mean, money yeah, that plays in too, but we obviously can't buy our kids yeah, love our kids, or our kids' heart. They don't or, really care how much money we have, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think that um, where we spend that time is very obvious hmm. of what we're valuing. And obviously, if we're just trying to provide for our families, then yeah, that's a way of love. And that is pouring all the time into just getting the bills paid. And that is love and security for our kids, hmm. you know. But uh, past that, they they know if we're chasing down our own desires or if we're genuinely doing things for our kids. And I think it makes me really sad. You'll hear this a lot like, oh, I want my kids to see that I'm pursuing what's important to me. Or I want my kids to see that like these random things like we can, we can kind of... Um, Rationalize. Yeah, we rationalize in our head what we want to do and think somehow that's going to benefit our kids. Hmm. And it's just like your kids don't really care. Like, I don't I don't think they care. I did it as a child. But I heard from, we were visiting with some good friends the other night and they were talking about a parenting course that they went through in person with a church and some advice that was just super powerful for them. And it stuck with me too. And that is the more you pour in and the more like successful you are in one stage of parenting, 
the more healthy and rich and robust the next stage will be. Hmm. And so we never want to say, I never want to say, okay, well, my kids are young now, so we're going to work really hard now so that later we can have relationship with our kids. Like I, work really hard, like in your career yeah, or your exactly. business. Yeah. And I think that I was thinking that a lot when I was really invested in growing a business and stuff. I was like, okay, well, the kids are little now, so I'm going to do that. And so then when they're older, I'll not do any of it, right? Yes. And the funny thing is, though, is that what about, what if when they're older, we haven't done a great job training them in the toddler years mm -hmm. and then we haven't done a great job connecting with them in the you know middle school years mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden hey now's the time when we're supposed to be just reaping in rich relationship with our children or we have the time to spend with them but there's no relationship there there's yeah. no foundation there and they don't want anything to do with us and frankly we have no confidence or understanding of where they are they just look like these little like you know that whole song, like, draw, draw me a map that leads me back to you. Yeah. You know, have you ever looked at your spouse sometimes and just been like, who are you and what are you thinking? Like, I have no clue how to get from here to there. And I yes. think it would be so easy to be there as a parent where you kind of wake up one day and you look at your child and you're like, I don't even know how to get wow. through to you. Wow. Yeah, that's so, that's that's crazy, Katie. It genuinely, mm -hmm. I don't want to live in fear and I don't want to be scared, but it does sober me up. Mm -hmm. When I hear myself talk sometimes about what if, you know, or hear people talk just these concepts like retiring young, you know, retiring when you're 40, being totally financially independent when you're 40 and using that. And you're like, and then I could just like really spend time with my family. We could travel. We could have all this time together. But if you're like, like when I'm 40, Leon's 15. It's like if I counted on plugging in at that point, it's like good luck. You know, it's not that it's impossible, but boy, if I didn't have a deep rooted relationship at that point with Leon, it's not like I could just be like, sweet, I got to 40, I hit all the goals, we're financially, you know, whatever, successful, independent, now I'm going to spend time with my family. And he's looking at me like, who the heck are you? That would be a hard place to start building a relationship from. Yeah. Um, ver, ver, and, and again, like... Yeah, it's a it, lot easier to start when they're five. Yeah, it's like I'd way <laughs> rather have this ongoing, I'd way rather work until I'm 89 years old, 94 years old, and like have to work a job maybe that I don't even like. I would. I'd way rather do that and be in great relationship with my kids. You oh, know, I'd way, way rather be way. like going to work as a 68-year-old because you and I have to keep the bills paid. And I'm like, my son's calling me on the way to work, you know, and just wanted to check in and talk about life. Like that's, I would love that. Well, you know, it's, it's so sweet seeing, I don't even know what, what's his bucket. He's the, he's a famous football thrower guy, quarterback, Tom Boy. Brady. Okay. And his dad, I don't even know what his dad did for work, but you see how, like we were just crying multiple times watching uh, this guy's Tom Brady's relationship with his dad yeah. and just how much his dad poured into his son and yes. like who knows what his dad did for a living he was just what did he do it was something like really I don't know just yeah not not flashy right. not you know like a, a star quarterback or whatever but he just had such rich relationship with his son yes and Tom Brady was saying how he has the you know flashy career but he just knows he can't be there for his son the way that his dad was there for him. Yeah, he even acknowledged that. Yeah. You're right. He said that. He's like, I've not been nearly as good of a dad to my sons as my yeah. dad was to me. Like, 
I chose the flashy, you know, to be the man in the arena. Yeah, to be. The man in the arena. <laughs> um, Anyways, but it's just yeah, that's another sobering thing. It's just really sweet, and you see when you look further ahead, all of a sudden the like flashy object opportunity syndrome just gets a lot more dull when you see where it leads compared to like that rich relationship with your adult children that we want to have with our kids one day. And obviously it goes without saying our children are the, are the Lord's. Mm. So there's redemption at any stage in life. A, a father, the Lord can bind the hearts of the children to the father together at any stage and hopes never lost. And also there's nothing that we can guarantee. We can't force our kids to love us and have a relationship with us. Yeah. And you know, we could do everything in our power and still have a prodigal child, you know, yeah. hopefully knows we're always there for them. Yes. Uh, so it's not like we want to do this perfect little ABC situation and end up with a great relationship. That's not what we're talking about here. Uh, but you know, what's crazy is that but, even if you just mentioned, you know, being the, the man in the arena and that's obviously, a, you know, like a since that Teddy Roosevelt speech or was that a speech that the man in the arena came from? Um, that's, become such like this iconic, um, maybe like phrase, like being the man in the arena or be the man in the arena. And it is used so often in, in people that are, you know, disruptors in industries or they're, they receive flack from culture for, you know, thinking outside the box in business and they're innovative and they're hardworking and people criticize them for that. But they're like, but they're actually the man in the arena. They're the one that's doing it. And everybody else is sitting there criticizing them, but they're actually the one in the arena. And it's, when you said that, I was like, that's crazy because that used to be such an, a, an appeal to me. It's like, I want to be the one out there making it happen. I want to be shaking things up, you know, receiving the criticism from people because I'm out there doing it. And as I, I just, I truly think it's the Lord changing my heart and he does this. He's so good to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I do think that like his, he, he changes our heart. He really does. Cause it does make me sad to think about how much, I valued things four or five or six years ago and how he's really just changed my value system. And I don't know how it really makes me happy and grateful because it's not hard for me to want to prioritize you or the kiddos. And I think it, it, it was, it would have been hard, you know, four or five or six years ago. And I was like that to me, it's like the man in the arena is the man that's at home with his family and he's putting them first. I'm like, that's the man in the arena. I want to be, it, I want to be the man in God's arena. And it's like, no, I'm the one that, that put, that put this before you. This is the battle I want you to be fighting. And, um, that's, I don't know. That's just not at all what the world endorses. And so it's so rewarding to have, to, to take the endorsement of God and of his word and to have that be enough. And then obviously when you've got your wife supporting you, I don't know why this made me emotional. <laughs> Alicia, you're so incredible. No, but we can wrap things up here. I think that's good. <laughs> I just going to cry us a river. Oh my goodness. Well, it's something that's really close to your heart. And it's something that's so encouraging to me as a wife to know that I just have so much peace and confidence that you're going to provide for us, but you're also always going to put us first and mm. you have made a lot of sacrifices oh well i don't they don't feel like sacrifices now that's what i mean i truly feel like the lord is just so kind to give me just to change my heart because and it does yeah there is so much just worldly ambition and there's just so much ambition when you're young when you're in your 20s 30s 40s all those years to go out and get it to make it happen to seek fame and fortune and recognition and it's not that that is totally went away it's just that like the lord really has suppressed that and he's just really heightened 
my desire to to grow in our marriage and to grow as a father. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I am too. I think of that verse, he will give us the desires of our heart. And when I was younger, I used to think that meant that what I wanted, he would give me. So it seemed like a great verse to have in your back pocket. Yeah. But as I grown older, I've learned that that verse is, no, he gives us the desires. Like our, he literally changes our heart. So our desire is his desire. Mm. And like, how incredible is that, that he gives us those desires. And, um, it's just, it's such a blessing. And we have seen that. And I think there can be a lot of fear in this, um, because, there's a lot of unknown sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take the opportunity, what if, you know, there's a fear of loss. And I think of the women who have messaged me who have, you know, they don't have their salary anymore because they decided to come home mm -hmm. and be there for their kids. And they're scared uh, about this, you know, tight budget. And if their husband's going to do, you know, pull it off and all that. And I know I had a lot of fear, you know, we walked through that with you guys on this podcast when I decided I wanted to come home <laughs> in the sense of I didn't want to be a work from home mom and uh, have that be my identity and what I prioritized. And, but the Lord's just really blessed it abundantly. And I think that that verse is just so encouraging though, that you can actually make yourself poor and be rich. Mm. And there, the, the Bible isn't saying there's anything wrong with making yourself poor, like taking that route can be a very rich route to take. Yes, yes. And I think that that's just really encouraging. So. Yeah. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>